0: It's a central Pittsburgh I'm Paul Guggenheimer. Last week the Supreme Court's 4-4 vote left in place a Texas federal judge's order that has pre- that has prevented President Obama from granting deportation relief to more than 4 million people who are parents of US citizens. One of them is Martin Escaval Hernandez, who was taken recently from his Pittsburgh home to prison and now faces deportation to Mexico. I'm joined now in studio by City Paper reporter Ryan Dito, who wrote the current cover story about this case. Ryan Dito, welcome to Essential Pittsburgh.
1: Oh, it's great to be on.
0: Also with us is Guillermo Perez, head of the Pittsburgh chapter of the Labor Council for Latin American Advancement and part of the campaign to release Martin Esquivel Hernandez from detention. Guillermo Perez, welcome to Essential Pittsburgh.
2: Oh, thanks so much for having me.
0: Join the conversation with a comment or question at 412-246-2002. That's 412-246-2002. Where do you stand on the issue of immigration, what has been described as illegal immigration, and the issue of immigrants, illegal or otherwise, in the United States who are parents of children here, who face deportation. 412-246-2002 is the number to call. Ryan Dito, let's begin with you. Who is Martin Escoval Hernandez? Why was his story important enough for you and the city paper to put it on the cover this week?
1: Well, uh, he is a Pittsburgher. He's been here since uh, 2012. Um, He works in construction. He advocates for immigrants' rights. He is a family man. He uh, just... From what I've heard from his family, from his community, is that he is basically just trying to make a better life for his kids. And uh, we saw a press release that said he, um, a man from uh, from Pittsburgh who had uh, tried to cross the border four times um, illegally, was um, being deported. And uh, we set out to uh, just check in on his story, basically. And when we found out more about him, is he was actually a part of a immigrants rights march that I had covered back on May Day, on May 1st, and from there just um, learning more about him and realizing that his, uh, his story is, um, is unique but also not unique and uh, something that we kind of wanted to talk about, you know, immigration here in the western PA area. It's uh, something that kind of hasn't been talked about.
0: Are there, are there a lot of people like him in the Pittsburgh area?
1: I would say that there probably are. Um, some of my research from my article showed that uh, since last June there were uh, 16 um, Felony illegal reentry cases brought to the U.S. District Court here in Western Pennsylvania. Um, of those sixteen, only one ha- was a Jamaican man who uh, had a serious uh, kind of criminal rap sheet. But um, the others didn't either had no criminal rap sheet or very very minor uh, things. And most of them were uh, Mexican or of uh, Central American uh, descent.
0: When you talk about Mr. Esquivel Hernandez's family, who who does he have here?
1: So uh, he. His wife is, uh, is here, his uh, three kids are here, and his mother is here.
0: And how many of them are, are citizens of the United States? And you are a citizen if you're born here. His youngest son is a citizen. His youngest son. So, so obviously he wants to stay here and he wants to stay with his family. Uh, he came into the United States illegally, so he does not have any kind of, of legal status in the United States. Correct. So so he's being charged federally with felony illegal reentry. And if convicted, he'll be sent to Pennsylvania's unofficial ICE detainee hub and deportation center. And from there, he could be sent back to Mexico, uh, where he is from. And as you point out in your story, instead of pleading guilty to the federal charges and throwing himself on the mercy of the immigration court, as many defendants do, he's going to trial for the charges. Why is he seeking a trial?
1: Uh, I think he's seeking a trial because... He knows he has community support here. Um, you know, uh, um, Casa San Jose, which uh, does a lot of um, immigrants' rights and um, immigrant support, especially Latinos um, in the area, they have thrown their support toward him. Uh, his employer has thrown his support toward him. He's, he, he works um, in residential construction in the area. And uh, I think also, obviously, you know, Guillermo at LACLA is also um, you know, getting behind him and trying to you know, fight for him. Uh, and I think that's why he decided to change his plea. It's kind of a normal thing for a lot of these undocumented immigrants to realize that these uh, cases are very, very hard to defend. Uh, I, um, you know, I mentioned a, um, a paper in my article that um, calls them the low-hanging fruit of the um, criminal justice system. In the uh,
0: meaning that they're they are easy to easy pickings for the justice department.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, any any immigrant that has crossed the border Mm -hmm. and then was sent back and then comes back again and is caught in the United States can be charged with this. And really, the only defense, the only solid defense that they would have is if they had a visa. So if they don't have a visa, it's a very simple, very simple prosecution, basically. And so it is very hard to defend without. Without a visa,
0: and and you reported that there was an eight-day period after his arrest when uh, Martín's wife Alma didn't know where he was being held, and uh, Mr. Escobar Hernandez could not communicate with his family. Why, if if you are, are there do do people in his situation have less rights than than a a normal defendant? Um,
1: I can't really speak to that, but, um, people in my article, um, the, uh, Immigrants Rights, uh, Coalition Juntos, which is in, uh, Philadelphia, mm-hmm. they have said that this is a very common thing, the way that they are, um, just like Martine was sent, uh, I mean, I calculated around 665 miles across the state from York to Cambridge County prison to Youngstown, Ohio, a private prison there. And, um... There are each each facility has different situations on how those people can communicate. And Martin does not speak English. So that just probably makes it even harder for him to reach out to the people that he needs to talk to.
0: Can he get a lawyer? Does he have a lawyer? He has
1: a public defender um, that was um, provided to him by the um, United States. And uh, he's able to, you know, communicate with him. And they do have a translator on staff. But um, I think it's just a it could just be a lack of knowledge of our Federal criminal system that could make it um, a little bit harder for for people like Martin to uh, understand what they're,
0: you know, how to defend their case. Guillermo Perez, uh, what can you tell us about Martin Esquivel Hernandez and why you are fighting for him, why you have become an advocate for his cause?
2: Well, uh, I can tell you that Martin is an incredibly civic, uh, civically engaged resident of Pittsburgh. He's active in his daughter's schools. Uh, in his daughter's school, uh, he is uh, part of a, um, uh, a parent council that was organized with the Latino Family Center. Um, uh, he was he was instrumental in a, completing a, um, uh, a needs assessment uh, for the Latino community in Allegany County that was funded in part by the Hounds, uh, Hines Foundation. He's active in two churches, the church that he and his wife attend, uh, which is uh, St. Catherine's in uh, Beachview, as well as his mother's church um, in East, uh, East Liberty. Um, I met him a little over a year ago when he came to us to, to about a wage theft uh, case that he and some, um, some guys that he worked with who, who didn't get paid for working a construction project, and we've been involved in some of that and he's been to several events that we've organized as as Ryan mentioned he he marched with us on May 1st uh for immigrant rights uh he attended our um, Hispanic heritage event last year Martin is a, he's an active member of this community he's a guy who who takes care of his family but also looks out for his community and um frankly there's no reason in the world why he should be um, sitting in a for-profit prison in Ohio it's totally this this particular case really illustrates a big problem that we have with ICE, and also in this case with this U.S. attorney, David Hickton.
0: Well, um, d- d- let me let me jump in here. For his part, uh, and, and David Hickton has been a guest on this show. Uh, mm. Apparently, he was not willing to comment for your story, Ryan Dito.
1: I reached out to his office and uh, asked him to comment on why Martin was being prosecuted and why cases like Martin were being prosecuted, and uh, they responded with uh, not willing to comment on the story, basically.
0: Okay, so, so U.S. Attorney David Hickton issues a press release, and he, in that press release, uh, called Martin Esquivel Hernandez an illegal alien, which is a term that I know offends many, but that was the term that was used in that release. The bottom line here for many is that Mr. Esquivel Hernandez broke the laws of the United States, laws that others have obeyed to gain entry legally. So the question, again, for many becomes, why should we feel sorry for him when others have obeyed the law in order to become U.S. citizens?
2: Well, can I answer that question? You certainly may. Uh, 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 we're not asking people to feel sorry for Martin. We're asking people to understand that the immigration system is 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 broken. Our economy needs people like Martín. In fact, our local economy needs people like like Martín. Martín has made a positive contribution to this community. If we had an immigration system that really functioned in a a compassionate and smart way, he would have never been put in this position uh, to begin with. But aside from all that, it's, uh, this administration, the Obama administration, has made clear that they're going to approach enforcement based on priorities. Okay, priority cases, people who present a threat to public safety, okay, or national security. Uh, uh, Martin does not fit any of the uh, uh, priorities for enforcement. And what we have in this case is he, he is being held by us, the U.S. Marshal Service, for a federal prosecution because currently without that felony conviction he doesn't fall under up uh, under the priorities for uh detention and deportation once he gets convicted that changes uh things and now he'll be quickly sent over to ice and uh, uh for deportation so uh this is this this particular prosecution is in in our opinion totally totally out of sync and not at all consistent with what the obama administration's policy has been On, on uh, detention and deportation. There's 12 million undocumented people in this country. If you if you want to enforce these immigration laws, obviously it makes sense that you need to have a set of priorities. The Department of Homeland Security has a set of priorities. Martin does not follow fall under those set of priorities. There's no reason in the world why this man should be sitting in a for-profit prison. In Ohio,
0: it's, it's wrong.
2: Me, yeah. It's just plain out wrong and stupid, frankly, because uh, uh, people like Martin, we need them in Allegheny County and we need them in
0: Pittsburgh. It's essential Pittsburgh. I'm Paul Guggenheimer. And my guest is Guillermo Pier- Perez, who you just heard, head of the Pittsburgh chapter of the Labor Council for Latin American Advancement, part of the campaign campaign. To release Martin Esquivel Hernandez from detention, his story has been told in a cover story by city paper reporter Ryan Dito, a Pittsburgh man taken from his home to prison. He faces deportation back to Mexico. You can join the conversation at 412-246-2002. And let's go to Jason on the north side, who's been waiting to join us. Uh, Jason, welcome. How are you?
3: I am fine. Thank you for taking my call. You know, I have very, very strong feelings uh, about the illegal aliens here in in the United States. Um, If I was to steal a priceless painting and I hung it on the wall of my house and I am a member of a community and everyone likes me, I'm a nice guy, I stay employed, I pay my taxes, and 20 years later that painting is discovered hanging in my house, am I not a criminal Twenty years later, am I not a criminal? The problem is our society uh, membership is priceless. And I feel, for instance, you said that a public defender is defending this gentleman. Well, you know what? That's taxpayer money. I work at Kane Hospital, and I, if the people at Kane need more money. Instead of defending an illegal alien who came into this nation illegally, the key word there is illegal. You know, that money could be spent in Homestead. It could be spent in Clarendon. It could be spent in Duquesne. If I was an underprivileged person living in any of those areas and everyone is saying we want to give them citizenship, we want to give them a free pass to stay, and I... And my children suffer every day. I would be livid, absolutely livid. And okay, again, let me let me
0: jump in. Let me I, I, I stay on the line uh, if you would, Jason. And let, let's let uh, I am guessing Guillermo, you would probably want to. Oh respond yeah, I would very much like to respond to, to that. that. Uh, go ahead.
2: Well, hey. the analogy is completely uh, wrong. Martín hasn't stolen anything from from anybody. If you want to come up with an analogy. Uh, in terms of yourself, imagine that you lived in a gang-infested, violent uh, neighborhood in Mexico City where you had no future, and there was no future for your own children. Uh, uh, My guess is most working people would do what they need to do in order to provide for their family and have something in the way of a life. Martin being here in the United States doesn't take anything away from anybody he he, he and and the there are plenty of economists who will back me up undocumented immigrants are a net plus to the economy of the united states in fact they're not only that they're subsidizing social security in this country because there are, are tens of billions of dollars in, in the social security fund that come actually from undocumented immigrants they pay taxes they raise families they work like nobody's business. They make a positive contribution to to, to society. I let, me, let me let me let know it's, it's a waste of resources to be prosecuting this guy um, because there's no it's totally unnecessary. And our problem is we don't have an immigration system that is geared and tailored to the needs of the economy and the labor workforce. Let, let and me, that's why I'm saying this is not charity and he's not stealing anything. This is who we are as a country. We've always been a country of of immigrants. We had periods of mass immigration in this country. Basically open borders that existed historically and it's all been to the good. It's what's made us a great world power in the world is our our openness to immigration.
0: That and that's And so this is long-headed
2: to think that he is somehow stealing anything from anyone. He is an asset to this community.
3: He has... Is he picking cantaloupes or lettuce in California? He has a good-paying construction job that, again... A family member. Uh, would,
0: okay, let me let me jump in, you, gentlemen. You know, let, 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 thank you, Jason. I, okay. Jason, thank you so, for that call, he, you Mr. Perez. An interesting
2: point because half the produce that's produced in this country, the, the stuff that you sit down and eat, likely came from undocumented workers. Our whole agricultural sector would collapse overnight if there weren't undocumented people working in that sector. And again, the, all these sectors that the undocumented work in, they, they create jobs for native-born people.
0: Let me jump in and ask a question here, uh, Mr. Perez. If someone goes through the process that the United States has laid out for becoming a citizen of the United States well, why legally.
2: Well, how do they come into the country well, if that's but, that's the underlying issue is because But let me people let me, like let me my ask my Mr. Perez. He Mr. Perez, may
0: I every? ask my may I ask my question? I'm certainly sympathetic to your point of view, but I have a, an important question All that right. I'd like to ask you, which is if someone follows the process, we, we may disagree with it and there is recourse for that. But uh, and, and I think many of us are certainly sympathetic to uh, what Mr. Esquivel Hernandez is going through. And uh, based on the life that he's led, there are, are many, I'm sure, who do not want to see him deported, who would love to see him remain a part of the Pittsburgh community. That having been said, the argument that I'm sure you've heard is that there is a process that to follow to, to become a legal immigrant in the United States. And is it fair to those who do follow that process to circumvent it and enter the United States illegally?
2: Well, I would say this. The process doesn't work. There is almost no viable option. Uh, unless you're, you know, uh, uh, a big-time athlete or a multi-millionaire billionaire, um, for most working-class people uh, uh, in these countries, particularly in Latin America, the 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 weight is is just practically um, uh, off the off the chart. So, um,
1: I'd also like to say, like add to that too is. Uh Another thing about the um, immigrants that mostly come into the Pittsburgh area, they are mostly very educated. I, I wrote a story about naturalization a few weeks ago, and um, many of them, we get the vast majority from uh, India and China, and uh, most of the immigrants that come into this country, especially to the Pittsburgh area, um, through that normal process are very educated, um, usually have that kind of background to come in and understand how to naturalize in the system. Um, And I speaking to, you know, Guillermo's point is that the working class people in Mexico that are struggling, that are living in slums like like the family of, um, you know, Martin is it's very difficult for them to to come in through that natural process. And so they're trying to escape a a situation. And even when they get here, Mexicans actually naturalize at lower rates than um, other immigrants do. Uh, in the Pittsburgh area, and that that's also the same nationally.
0: 412-246-2002 to join the, conversa- to join the conversation. Let's go to Daniel in Plumborough. Hi, Daniel.
3: Hello. Um, I just wanted to point out that I think that it's important that, uh, you know, it's a very real thing whenever people point out
2: there is really no past naturalization. And uh, I think that it's very important
1: that people need to kind of take actually analyze that and do research into that. Because I'm sorry, if you're not getting married to somebody, there's realistically no path to naturalization. So you have all these people spinning this narrative of why don't these undocumented immigrants, you know, go through the processes that are in place when it's basically impossible to do so. Um, well, and, um, an undocumented immigrant actually can't go through the you know naturalization process. They have to come in legally to go through that process. So um, if, we, if we had a system that would allow undocumented immigrants to... Go through a naturalization process without being married or without having that kind of sponsorship. That would be different. But like we talked about earlier, the uh, DAPA ruling, sorry, the DACA and the DAPA ruling was struck down by the Supreme Court. So,
2: um, well, it wasn't struck down. We got a we got a non decision on that in the lower court. Uh, their decision was allowed to, to 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 stay in place. Okay,
0: Daniel, I appreciate that phone call. So, so part of what people need to take into consideration here, you're saying, is that. Many of the immigrants who enter the United States illegally really have no other choice in, in order to become citizens that they' that the legal path for them to follow is so difficult that it borders on the ridiculous um,
1: I think it is really difficult. I also think that when they're you know brought in i can't really speak too much to that, but I know that like what my story is kind of focus on is that when they come into the country, and if they are prosecuted, it is very, very difficult for them to defend themselves. It is very difficult for them to um, set up a defense, and they're normally just kind of sent out very quickly. Um, and uh, yes, that's
0: good. So, so Guillermo Perez, what can you tell us about uh, how you're fighting to, uh, this, in this terms of this public campaign to help him, what sp- uh, specifically you're doing for him?
2: well where we are um, talking where we're going to be uh, inviting people to a rally uh, outside the uh, the federal building uh, when he has his next hearing which is going to be on July 14th we're going to be holding organizing a rally at 12 at 12 noon we are creating an online petition for people in the community um, uh, to indicate their uh, disapproval of this U.S. attorney pursuing this prosecution, um, we're talking to leaders. Of many of the, some of the most important uh, movers and shakers in this city embraced this initiative by Mayor Perduto called welcoming Pittsburgh. And I was part of the group, part of the, the sort of council of people who were pulled together by the administration to come up with um, ideas to make this city more welcoming to immigrants and i want to make clear that that was not just for highly paid highly educated um, immigrants who have legal means of getting into the country through through the system currently in place but also the undocumented immigrants who are co- who come to pittsburgh to make a positive contribution um, so uh... uh... You know, Martine is one of those folks, and he was included in the welcoming initiative in the sense that we were welcoming people like Martin and his family. So we, our hope is to convince uh, this U- U.S. Attorney David J. Hickton to withdraw this this charge. Is- uh, if if we can stop this this prosecution, this criminal prosecution then there is no, there's no way in the world he falls. Martin would fall under any of the priorities for detention and deportation and we will seek a stay of his deportation and, and try to get him returned uh, to his family.
0: Is Martin Esquivel Hernandez, is he, is he being, being given a fair shot to defend his case? And if not, what needs to be put in place in terms of a legal defense for, for not only him but people like him?
2: Well, look. The 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 other part of the problem is that um, he he has a public defender because he's being criminally prosecuted for for reentry. Being undocumented is not a crime. It's not doesn't it doesn't violate a criminal statute. Otherwise, it's a civil penalty, but it can subject you to to detention for lengthy periods of time, and in some cases, in a for-profit prison, as in Martin's case. And there's a lot been written about. You know the the problems with these for-profit prisons for people who are being held in them. So that there's a quote uh, you know, that there's some the kind of a thing quota is that you're not entitled to an attorney uh, uh, with respect to um, immigration. Um and so we're also having to p- pull resources together to get Martin legal representation. both he has it for his his uh, criminal prosecution on this reentry stuff. But we still need to get him an attorney for him uh, for the immigration side of his case. And most most immigrants, undocumented immigrants, don't just don't have that level of support to be able to get uh, a lawyer to represent them in these proceedings. So
0: it certainly sounds like you're advocating for a a change in the system. And uh, before we wrap up here, Ryan Dito, what are the odds that Martin Escobar Hernandez will be able to stay in the United States and stay with his family in Pittsburgh?
1: Well, I I can speak to that uh, nationally. i um, I include a report in my article that talks about uh, immigration cases in in this country go to trial less than 1% of the time, and that's the uh, thousands and thousands of cases. So uh, unfortunately, how the system is built up now, it, does, it seems like his chance is low, but um, I guess we'll have to see.
0: Well, I want to thank both of you for joining us to take part in this conversation and to share the story, very compelling story, of Martin Esquivel Hernandez, a Pittsburgher taken from his home to prison he's facing deportation back to mexico i have been joined by guillermo perez head of the pittsburgh chapter of the labor council for latin american advancement thank you so much for joining us on essential Pittsburgh.
2: thank you for having us
0: and also ryan dito who wrote the story the cover story in the uh, city paper that you can probably pick up for a couple more days till uh, we get to next week's edition thank you ryan oh thank you coming up the story of the first woman to receive a presidential nomination at a major political convention. And she was from Pittsburgh. It's Essential Pittsburgh on 90.5 WESA. And I feel like I.